This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. The music. Yeah. Happy, happy Halloween. Oh my God. I can probably tell that story. Oh my God. Well, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, guys. How's it going? October. It's good, but I can't. I, I can't get past. You're going to tell a story. Oh yeah, just I'll tell it when we get to it. Um, that's vague. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, first of all, I wanted to get get things kicked off by just saying that we are. When, by the time this episode releases, we will be about a week and a half before Shocktober in Irvington, mm-hmm. uh, which we are so excited about, and it's so it's so close, and it's something that's been building for. Years even because we've been planning it for we've been talking about doing it for years and then we're just so excited. So if this is your first time hearing about Sharktober in, Sharktober in Irvington, you can check it out at Facebook.com/slash/TheObsessiveViewer. It's basically one night event at the Irving Theater in Irvington here in Indiana or here in Indianapolis, where we've rented the theater out. We're going to have costume contest, raffle, a screening of Night of the Living Dead. Um, screenings of uh, short horror films from local uh, independent filmmakers. Uh, um, J- JP Leck, who he's an author, a local author, and uh, as well as Billy and Brandon uh, from Billy and Brandon Watch Movies. Uh, so check those out, and then uh, and come to Sharktober in Irvington. It's ten bucks at the door, and you get just it's going to be a full night of just awesome fun. Um, and then also if you have a ticket from the Irvington uh, Ghost Tours. Uh, in the Irvington area, if you bring that to Sharktober in Irvington, you get two dollars off of the ticket price, so you only have to pay eight bucks. So definitely check that out. Links in the show notes, all that stuff. So how's it going, everyone? Awesome. We did the oh, ghost tour it. Friday. We did, and it was sweet. It was rainy and wet, and just the ambiance was perfect. It was. Uh, did you see any ghosts? Was there any paranormal activity? No, no. But there was there were a couple of cool. That's a shock. A couple of cool like <laughs> coincidences and stuff. Like at the, oh at, yeah, at, at, like the climax of this story, the wind kicked up like really hard. Now of course that's Ooh. just a coincidence. I don't I don't chalk right. it up to anything supernatural, but it was like perfect timing. It's pretty. Cool. And the uh, one of the his favorite, his favorite and and most. I would say it's probably one of my one of my favorite of his stories is uh, the Lincoln Ghost Train. And he talks about how there's how there's a uh, there's a section of Irvington where the the two the train that carried Lincoln's body traveled through Irvington. Um, and as he's telling this story, we hear a train whistle in the distance. Yeah. And I was like, that is so that's so perfect. Right. Um, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I you I didn't, I didn't mean that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, oh, 
Super yeah. interesting. <laughs> if you want to hear more about the Irvington Ghost Tours, check out our last episode, which was a special episode where we interviewed Al Hunter from the Irvington Ghost Tours, and as well as uh, Tim Pointer from the Spirit Paranormal team who conducts uh, paranormal investigations throughout the area. Yeah, and I, uh, as I mentioned in my intro, we did our, we did our Shocktober Mike and Amanda's movie marathon. Yes, thanks for the invite again. (laughs) Didn't I? Did I invite you? I don't. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Yeah, I just didn't make it down because I, you know, business. Um, it was awesome. It was a blast. We 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 watched. I I I watched all the movies. I had already seen all the movies that we watched except for Joyride. And apparently I know what you did last summer. I thought I saw it, but I'd never seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like confusing it with um, Urban Legend, which I I don't usually confuse movies. But no, I had never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. I didn't like it. It was pretty stupid. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. it's a funny, and I'll go on a little tangent here about it. Um, They're actually talking about rebooting it, which, whatever. But, um... It's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's it's actually kind of sad. The uh, the the movie's based on a young adult novel um, that isn't violent or anything. It's just it's a young adult suspense mystery thriller kind of thing. Hmm. But it, it, the the movie the the book was optioned and the movie was made uh, right after um, Scream, and so it was this big slasher uh, renaissance. So they input all this like slasher stuff to it, and the author of the book like disowned the movie because yeah. her daughter was killed, like was stabbed to death at, at some point. Uh, uh, I thought she was shot. I want to say it was stabbed. It, she, uh, it was a stabbing. We'll leave that up to the listeners to listen to. Yeah, not the actual crime, but no, to do what? Do the crime? <laughs> no. no. Uh, you said uh, we'll leave it up to the listeners to listen so, to. I was like, well, you can't listen to actual crime. Oh, no. To find out. To find out. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so I just thought that was an interesting anecdote, I guess. Um, and it's kind of a funny statement about Hollywood. Like, oh, hey, this thing's popular. Oh, oh, I don't care if you're, if you're you know, you have the creative force behind this. Screw you. Yeah, her her daughter was shot to death on July 16th, 1989. Oh, I thought it was a stabbing. Huh. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. This so. is America. We shoot people. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so they're, they're resuscitating a dead franchise for what? Money. Money. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's... I feel like there's just like groups of people, producers and stuff and executives in Hollywood that are like, they have like just the equivalent of $5 DVD bins. That's like the, um, contracts or whatever for, for these franchises. And they just pick one up and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Hey, this one is past a certain statute of limitations that we can, we can reboot it for cheap or we can buy the rights for cheap. Let's make this one. Um, it's probably probably the exact formula. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, anyway, and then Joyride I saw for the first time, and that was actually really good. I Candy uh, Cane. Uh, um, I I like Joyride. Um, it's effective. Yeah. yeah. It's more thriller, I think, than horror. Which that's kind of splitting hairs, but right. I had fun with it. Uh, and then the rest of it, I just the whole point for me is to kind of int- 
for movies that I love to to my friends who've never seen them before. We had a couple of first timers watch Your Next, oh, which nice. I talked about before on the podcast, and I love that movie. Uh, we also watched The Loved Ones, which is a movie that uh, my wife and I discovered last year that that we think is pretty awesome. Hmm. People loved them. I still have yet to see your next. I need to bump it to the top of my list. It's oh, really good. Me too. I just yeah. let my brother borrow it. Nice. nice. It should be on Netflix, I think. It is. I yeah. think it is, yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Matt? We are going to dive right into the uh, uh, Halloween franchise. I wanted, to, I wanted to say it with a little more pump, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just so excited. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a Herculean task. It's something... You know, we've done, we did the, we did the Nolan retrospective and we've done some brief retrospectives before. I don't know, but we've, we've never <laughs> tried to tackle a whole series in an episode and to right. do it with one of, and, and I mean one of my top three favorite movies, uh, ever is, is, is a pretty huge task, but I think we're going to try to give it a go. Halloween three, you mean? <laughs> what? To talk about? No, oh, that's oh, one of your yeah, favorite, my favorite movies. favorite movie? <laughs> Yeah, All right. No. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, it's really exciting because I believe we talked about it in a previous episode. The Halloween Complete Collection Blu-ray came out, and oh my god, it was so worth almost overdrawing my account. Um, <laughs> because uh, it's so I haven't even I was a little hesitant about doing this episode this week because. I haven't even been able to get through the box set yet. I'm trying. I'm working on a a full review on the site. Um, I really need to buckle down and do that now. Um, yes, you're running out of time. I really am. I think I've pretty much forfeited my um, nightmare uh, nightmare on Elm Street franchise review. Oh God! By the way, <laughs> just do it. I I watched uh, Dream Warriors for the first time for the second time ever. Oh nice. Today. And uh, I you know because fans call it the best one aside from the first one. Right. And I was just looking to see if there was something I missed the first time. And I just, I can't do it. I can't do the nightmare on Elm street series. Yeah. I, I, I hit, I came to an impasse because I watched the first one and I was all ready to write it and everything, but I just, I just put it off. And then it's just like, I'm sitting there thinking like the next one is Freddy's revenge. I, I need to watch Freddy's revenge. <laughs> I need yep. no. This is the one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't want to watch it again. Yep. So, yeah. But um, anyway, we're talking about Halloween. So, we uh, are. I also got the box set. Tiny, you did not, right? I haven't been able to. I don't want to spend the money. <laughs> yeah. I'd love and to have so it. And so what are our what are our perspectives coming in? I I submitted Halloween as one of my vault movies, uh and I consider it probably my second favorite movie of all time behind Back to the Future. Um, nice. I've seen it several times. I'll, I'll give a little more backstory for each one when we get there. But what about you, Matt? Um, whew, it's it's a tough call. I, I mean, I've loved the horror genre, of course, and I've had kind of a a relationship with Halloween that's that's kind of I don't know if I want to say tenuous, but it's it's like I, I've I've loved the first one, loved the second one, and then for the longest time. I loved H2O, so I basically just went into... I had this whole mindset where this is the Halloween trilogy, and these are the only Halloween movies that exist. Because um, those are the only three that I've ever uh, owned. 
but but now that I'm now that I'm going through the entire franchise, I can gain a new appreciation for certain ones and and it's uh, certain ones. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm coming to it with the, with somewhat of a fresh perspective. I've seen all the movies uh, beforehand, but I'm I'm kind of experiencing them in the realm of being their own the uh, part of this bigger franchise uh, for probably the first time. Hmm. Sweet, cool, yeah. Uh, so on that note, Halloween. Yes. Yes. Nineteen seventy-eight. When was the first time you guys saw this movie? Man, for me, the first time I saw it all the way through was last October. Wow, that's right. Yeah, I had seen it in pieces as a kid a few different times, and just never connected with it. Um, and just kind of, I don't know why, I just never really, never really sought it out. I guess. Uh, but last year, man, it's. I think I watched it three times last year. Uh, wow, and, that's yeah, awesome. And just loved it. I, th- I think it's. I can pretty safely say now that it's 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 in my top twenty favorite of all time. Very nice. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, did it it did it or the thing uh, catapult John Carpenter to one of your tops? You know, I think it was kind of both at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I can't it's, I can't pick either one. It was probably one. like realizing that there were two, right? That were that great. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. Nice. Um, for me, I I remember. Uh, going back to this old chestnut, I loved Scream growing up, um, and I remember owning a copy of the screenplay, or or should I say Scream play, mm. guys? I knew guys. you were going to do that. Okay, anyway, so I owned a copy of the screenplay um, to Scream, and... Kevin Williamson, the writer, he wrote an introduction for the for the for the copy of the screenplay, the like the published screenplay. Um, I think it was just a shooting script. I don't know if it was whatever, but he in it he talked about how he watched Halloween as a kid, and it was like the movie that changed his life, much like Scream was for me. Hmm. Um, and he talked about how he would. I distinctly remember him saying that he saw it in the theater as a kid, and he remembered like like running his feet all, all over the floor, like like. Uh, pretend running because he was so amped up by the tension and everything, and I was like, "Huh, sounds like a good movie." <laughs> um, so of course, soon after that, I sought it out, and it became just this monumental piece of cinema for me uh, that I carry with me every October. And now I own on on Blu-ray again mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the in the complete set. Uh, how about you, Mike? Uh, man, my, the history of this goes way back for me. It's one of my mom's favorite movies and a nice. lot of my sensibilities and a lot of my tastes come from my mom. Uh, by the way, forgive me if I said a lot of this stuff on our, on our vault movies episode, but I, I care about this movie a lot. Like I said, uh, you know, my mom loved it when I was younger. There was this guy in our neighborhood, uh, when I lived in the suburbs of Chicago that would dress up like Monica Myers and, and blare the, the five, four John Carpenter Halloween theme, um, <laughs> from his garage and just hand out Mountain Dews. And it terrified me. Uh, I mean, kept me up multiple nights thinking about this guy. Um, and so like, I remember it would be on TV and my mom would watch it every year, but I was too scared to watch it. So I would just kind of like, watch it from the the corner of the room and then listen to it from upstairs even though uh, I knew it would scare me it was like a train wreck I couldn't look away but I I didn't want to cuz I was afraid of what I might see um but to I guess answer the question sorry I'm getting long-winded 
the first time I ever saw it was actually our freshman year of college all the way through. Wow, that's right. Yeah, and I and I always um I always intended to and I had most of it in bits and pieces through, you know, uh closed fingers and and things uh and on TV, but never the entire thing until I until I decided, you know, I had um a bit of a a horror renaissance of my own. Or I guess a horror genesis of my own uh, <laughs> when I met you, Matt. <laughs> I have that effect on people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh and so my girlfriend and I at the time we we kind of went through a lot of the a lot of the horror movies we're supposed to watch and I remember we watched it uh one Saturday night at her apartment and I I was moved by how amazingly terrifying it was and and it um a lot of times when you when you kind of have fears from when you're younger and then you go back and experience them they you kind of find that you're desensitized or Things don't live up to the nightmares you had when you were young, but it absolutely fulfilled, uh, the, the terrifying dreams of my youth. It was, it was everything it was cracked up to be. Um, nice. and since then I've, I've probably seen it more than 30 times. Wow. That's amazing. In, in That's impressive. Years. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one of the, I, I kind of, since we're kind of, I mean, we're with this movie, we've talked so much about it in the past. Um, but I kind of got some new, um, new, I gained a new appreciation with it, uh, through the, uh, the Blu-ray collection because the Blu-ray collection is basically the 35th anniversary Blu-ray that came out is packaged in with the Blu-ray collection. But then there's an extra disc that has, um, another commentary track and, and a bunch of special features and stuff. And when I was, when I was going through all of it, I I just kind of gained this new appreciation because they... I mean, John Carpenter is talking about how they were just a bunch of kids trying to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's something that I really appreciate a lot is that it's like, it's kind of like the Kevin Smith thing with Clerks. Like they just, they just made a movie and that movie happened to be successful. And that's kind of part of the reason why I, I'm so excited about Shocktober and Irvington because we're giving, um, independent filmmakers a chance to, showcase their their stuff and it's something that i just i really connect to and i can connect that connect to that with with halloween um as well a lot can be said about um so successful and i'm putting that in quotes the first one was absolutely so successful right no doubt about that um but they have absolutely been chasing the success of the first one since and never lived up to it creatively Or monetarily speaking, by any means. Absolutely. Do you think that's... And, sh- and sure, Rob Zombie's made all kinds of money, um, and I think a few of them made a lot of money. But um, w- in terms of inflation and cultural influence and cultural impact, there's it's not even close. I don't. I'm not sure that's possible. If they can even, because that's how. Effective. No, of course it's not. But yeah. uh, and I guess I I only mean that um, in reference to or in comparison to say Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you think of Friday the 13th, you're thinking of Friday the 13th part four or maybe part three or maybe part six, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they all, they continued to make sequels for, for monetary reasons and right. trying to chase, well, they are actually chasing Halloween, but, uh, <laughs> they lived up to it later on. I mean, the, the fourth movie in the Friday franchise is, is the highlight. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, I guess just when, when you create something or when you start something like, like, uh, Halloween did, 
That's it's just too difficult to top. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have anything more to say about Halloween, or should we move on to Halloween two? Um. Oh, I I will say I'll add this. Um, <laughs> today is October fifth, uh, which is when we're recording October fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a second. I'm about to make a Back to the Future reference, but I think I'm wrong. It's November 5th, 1955, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's when he invents time travel. Or yeah, any day in... What's or, that? Or any day ever, according to Facebook. Yeah, according to the internet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so in one month, will be the anniversary of when time travel was invented. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I watched Halloween today with the Dean Cundy, Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, and Nick Castle commentary. Nice. I like and that commentary. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I was thinking and I looked back to my own list from 2013 and it turns out that I watched Halloween, the 35th anniversary with the, um, Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, John Carpenter commentary one year ago to the day. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, this is a, this is a slightly embarrassing. Uh, I had a similar experience with grandma's boy, like, Three Jesus. or four years in a row, <laughs> and it Jeez. happened to coincide with the release date of the movie. Apparently, uh huh. So yeah, weird. So I know weird. exactly what you're going through, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, different, different quality of movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's great, and and um, Halloween definitely started something, obviously, because I mean, ten movies uh, with talk of a new one. And it, what I found interesting in going through this box set is that um, when talking about Halloween 2, they, uh, like at the end of the commentary track featuring John Carpenter and... Uh, uh, Curtis? No, the other one that's uh, the, the older commentary track that had Deborah Are you talking about the first one? Yeah. It's John Carpenter, Donald Pleasance, and Jamie Lee Curtis. No, 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 no not that one. Um, there's one that, there's one that has him, Deborah Hill, and I want to say Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, but they're all like, they're not in the same room or anything. They're not in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's from like. I feel like it was Donald Pleasance. No, I, I watched, oh, wow, I'm an idiot. I have it right here. Um, so yeah. Uh, and it wouldn't be Deborah Hill because I'm pretty sure she died before that was. She did die. This is this commentary was on. I think it was on disc two of the set. It's from. Uh, I think it's from like ninety six, ninety, the late nineties. But it's John Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Deborah Hill. Okay. And they're all like it's disconnected, so that it's like they're not all in one room. It's like different tracks and put together. Yeah, that into was one. that was very distracting. I I actually watched that on Halloween a couple of years ago. Yeah. I didn't mind it. Um. But anyway, it was interesting because John Carpenter was like they knew that they they knew that the sequel was happening regardless and they he he and Deborah Hill didn't make any money off of the first movie um just because of contract issues and 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 they just had a bad contract or or whatever. So they took on Halloween 2 pretty much just so that they can make some money off of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Um and Halloween two came came out uh, in eighty one, so it was what three years after the first one. Uh huh. Um, and I loved it. Um, not nearly as much as the first one, obviously, but it's I love that it's a continuation of the first movie. Um, and it, and it just kind of closes that 
that storyline mm-hmm. that started with the first movie, and it's so few sequels actually do that. Um, yeah. So, what did you guys think of Halloween Two? Uh, by the way, it by no means needed to to finish the story. Oh no, not at right? all. It was, it's a totally unnecessary sequel. But uh, that said, that out there, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's it's far and away one of the best, if not the best, horror sequels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Same tone, you know. Um, the you can look at any interview or any any of the press around the movie. Uh, John Carpenter was very hands on when it came to it. He didn't direct it. Rick Rosenthal is the director of the movie, um, but it's written again by uh, John Carpenter. Deborah Hill kind of worked together on it, uh, and it works. It's a very effective movie. It's bloodier, of course, mm-hmm. which is kind of you got to do that because. Um, you know, Friday the Thirteenth came out and made all kinds of money. Again, a rip off of Halloween, but with blood. <laughs> right, uh, right. And so they added a lot of blood too. The one of the things I don't like is the is the score is kind of uh, synced up eighties wise. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't I didn't mind it, but uh, it's distinctly different. Yeah. Another interesting bit of trivia is that. While the mask doesn't look as good, it is actually the same exact mask. It's just that it kind of like degraded over time. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And the actor was uh, substantially smaller, I believe. Yeah, Dick Warlock. Yeah. 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 He was like the shortest Michael Myers in all ten movies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He. Um, there's, there's a bit of trivia on, on the Blu-ray set. He talks about how he got the job. Because um, he was also the stunt coordinator for the movie, and he yep. went and uh, he set up a meeting with Rick Rosenthal. And he's walking, and he's like, he was like set up in a room, and then he's like, "Yeah, Rick will see you. you. Just go to his office or whatever." So he happened to find the mask, and so he put it on, and he just walked up and just scared the crap out of Rick Rosenthal. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm here for the for, for the job as uh, stunt coordinator," and then. Uh, and then they just kind of like, kind of looked at him wearing the mask, and he was like, "Well, is there any reason why you can't uh, be Michael also?" <laughs> uh, so that's for, I'm butchering that. Obviously, it's in the DVD extras and stuff. Yeah. But um, I thought he did a great job. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's definitely the same kind of tone in terms of him, uh, in in terms of Michael Myers, um, uh-huh. and in the presence. We, we would be. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. We would be remiss to talk about what Halloween 2 did to the lore, kind of did to the story. Yeah. A lot of people forget that, I I guess common people forget, um, that they were not siblings in the first movie. Laurie just happened to be the person who came to his house, and he didn't like that, so he decided to kill babysitters. Um, But the Halloween 2 kind of implemented the she's the sister kind of deal. Yeah, and... I it's funny because I I want to say in the Blu-ray they said something about how um, John Carpenter just kind of just he was drunk or hungover and just whipped that out whip whip that storyline out um, just on a whim but it it I mean it it fits strangely enough mm-hmm. it it fits really well to the mythology sure yeah um, it works um, I. I love. Have you seen which version did you watch when you watched the first one? Now that you have the the box set, Matt. Um, let's see. I watched the. I haven't watched the television version of either the first or the second yet. Okay, I have. I have the television version of both. Did I say before how many copies of Halloween I have? No, but let's let's talk about that real quick. I think you said it on another episode at some point, but let's for this episode. Why don't you go through it? Um, 
in terms of yeah of the copies I have of Halloween I have now with the and I, and I'm counting just the Blu-ray box set that just came out as one okay. right even though there's three versions of the movie on there yeah there's there's, a, two there's at least versions. two yeah there's two um, versions so counting that as one it is my seventh copy of Halloween that oh, I've ever owned crap mm. yep including the uh, I I have a VHS copy of it that came out in the 90s. Uh, I have the just the standard DVD that came out in, I think, 2002. Uh, I also have the, I'm super proud of my limited edition DVD, which actually includes the TV cut. Oh, nice. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I also have the 2007 Blu-ray that came out. Um, and then I have the 35th anniversary that came out last year. And then, of course, the the copy I have now. I'm I'm I love just out of nostalgic value the the first DVD copy I have because that was the first one I bought, and I also love the uh, the limited TV cut of it. Nice. Um, so yeah, so the reason I asked is because they go back and added scenes to the TV cut, right? To kind of establish it's it's a dream sequence, um, or it's not a dream sequence. It's a uh, it's um it's like a flashback. Yeah, it's a flashback. Loomis goes back to the hospital and and uh, talks to Michael Myers about it, and so establishes right. that they're brother and sister. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and they filmed they filmed the scenes for the TV cut for the first one during the filming of Halloween Two. Right, because um, the idea was that it was going to air uh, concurrently on TV for the first time on NBC with the release of the movie. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I remember. I watched. Halloween two for the first time last year as well. I'd never seen I'd never even seen any of it, so um I was really pleasantly surprised. I wasn't expecting much out of it. Um and to speak on the lore of the franchise that that Mike mentioned with um Michael Myers and Lori being brother and sister, um I think kind of an interesting part of the lore is the fact that in the second the the ending, spoiler alert, <laughs> of the second movie, he's to me, it seemed like pretty clear that he was dead. <laughs> Him yeah, and the Loomis. second movie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes. the, the very last, the very last shot is his mask and fire. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was amazing. That was oh, an yeah. awesome ending to the movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And also, not not to mention, <laughs> burned to death, but also shot in both eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> that ought to. Oh yeah. yeah. That but, ought to. It's the horror genre. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying like, ugh, why did they bring him back? I'm not saying <laughs> right. that. I'm just saying, is that the only time that it's like he died? Like it's, it's like <laughs> you can't make an argument that he lived, really. Right. Yeah. Even more, not irritating, or even more, um, uh, red flaggy, I guess, or or whatever you want to call it, noteworthy. <laughs> even more noteworthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, copyright by Obsessive. <laughs> yeah. Is that Loomis survives because he comes back for Halloween Four, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, which is kind. Of, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's also bogus, but we don't see his face melt like we see Michael's face melt. <laughs> right, but he is literally at the epicenter of the explosion <laughs> because he's the one that flicks the lighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But, but you know that's it's a staple of the horror genre. It's retconning. Um, but anyway, Halloween two is really good. Um, it, it it plays up so many of the of the 
things that we love about the first movie, and it it plays it to an extreme while making itself different and and it doesn't exceed the first one obviously at all um but it's still a very very noteworthy sequel and uh yeah yeah i i liked it a lot i was very very pleasantly surprised by it also jimmy uh in the movie Mm -hmm. the guy that kind of survives at the end and they go away with uh there i if correct me if i'm wrong um, but I think he, his last name is also the same last name of uh, Josh Hartnett's character in Halloween H2O. So it's kind of like Ooh. a wink that that might be his dad. I like that a lot. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. I mean, his la- I, I'm pretty sure Josh Hartnett's name is Tate, just like just like her name is Tate. Yeah. Um, but, it, huh. but I, man, I'm trying to remember what it was. But there was something that points to the idea that Jimmy might be his dad. That'd be cool. That'd be cool because, and that would make sense because, oh, we'll get to that when we get to Halloween H2O. Um, should we move on to Season of the Witch? Yeah. Oh, and also more, and another thing I love is the guy that dies in the, the, he's wearing the Michael Myers costume toward the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He's caught in the cart. It's Ben Tramer. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and Ben Tramer is the girl that, uh, the, uh, the boy that, um, j- uh, uh. <laughs> Lori, <laughs> Lori has a crush on in the first movie. Right. Uh, really nice piece of continuity there. I love yep. that. Yep. Um, so Halloween three came out mm. a year later in 1982, and uh, it the idea behind it was that they were going to make an anthology out of the franchise. They were going to have one movie every year that took place on Halloween and had some kind of um Halloween themed horror story uh to which tell. i love i love that i love that idea and had they done that after the first halloween and done it well maybe they could have gotten away with it maybe they could have made that into its own thing but i mean and i'm going to i'm i'm so so gonna ruin all credibility uh when i rewatched halloween three season of the witch um I didn't mind it that much. No, come on. I, I really didn't, and it's not. It, you uh, were, uh, all three <laughs> of us were laughing in the pod chat a week ago about the people on the internet's defending it. Oh, oh, I'm. They were def- They were saying that it was their favorite of the franchise. Make come no on. mistake, this is an absolutely train wreck, horribly bad movie. Yeah, but thank you. On one hand. I watched it three times in the span oh of like two God. days. Are you serious? Oh yeah, because there's two commentary tracks on the on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Not I've seen it three times, but you watched it recently three times. Oh yeah, I got to be thorough for my review, man. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly exactly what it was. I watched. Uh, Good for you. Good yeah. for you. The dedication is amazing. I, they they have the um the blue the Scream Factory Blu-ray came out for it mm-hmm. in 2012. And that I do not have. I, I didn't mention <laughs> I have I have three copies of Halloween too. I have the uh, the DVD edition. I have the television cut, which is actually a bootleg, which is awesome. Right. And then I have the Screen Factory um, uh, Blu-ray. But I nice. did not. I refused to buy the Halloween three Blu-ray. You know, and and I'm not defending it. I'm not defending. All I'm saying is that I did not mind it as much as I as I as I as I did in years past, or that I or 
uh, or as much as I did thought I would. Um, and I will say this, that I, I borderline enjoyed it for about an hour before it got really tired and, and got really annoying to me. <laughs> hmm. um, uh, but then you had to watch it for another two, four, six, four and a half hours. <laughs> pretty much. Apparently. Um, but no, that first hour is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's kind of a fun campy thing. It's, it's funny to watch, uh, Tom Atkins, uh, hit on every girl in the movie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, and, and it's, and his mustache. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird and so just goofy. I, I don't know. And I mean, the premise with a better script, the premise could have been passable. Um, cause I think it, it's an intriguing premise. I want to say that Deborah Hill apparently had the idea for it. Um, uh-huh. but I mean, it's, it's a train wreck in, in, in so many ways, but, I still got a little bit of almost enjoyment out of it. And the story I was going to tell um, really briefly, because, you know, um, <laughs> when uh, I had the Blu-ray in, I put the Blu-ray in preparing to preparing to watch the movie. And the, 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 the menu of the Blu-ray has that song playing on a loop. Have a happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Have a happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Over and over and over and over and over again. Is it have a happy or happy, happy? I think it's have a happy. I think it's have a happy. And then, and then they, they also have like three, three more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Right. So anyway, um, (laughs) I got, and I'll talk very briefly about this, but I got a text from, my girlfriend that led me to believe that she was going to break up with me, which she did break up with me the next day. But so I'm like sitting there like reading the text and I was like, like just kind of in a daze, like, Oh crap, I got to prepare for this. Cause I'm going to get, you know, broken up with. Um, and I sat there for like 45 minutes with that stupid menu playing over and over and over again. <laughs> so, Oh man, that was fun. But, <laughs> but I watched the movie and it was, you know, it's it, the best part of the Blu-ray on the, on the Blu-ray uh, set. Is that there is a I guess Shout Factory slash Scream Factory? Um, they made documentaries for for numerous movies in, in the set, uh, and Halloween Three is one of them. And it's so fun because I can't remember Erwin, uh, the producer, Erwin um, Ibens. I, I can't I, I don't remember how to pronounce his name, but he's actually the producer of the first one who gave them the idea to have it set during Halloween and to call it Halloween. Anyway, he talks very openly in the, in the documentary. And he's like, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. This was a horrible idea. I had nothing to do with it. And he's very, he's very sincere and very, uh, very open about it. And I just, I got such a kick out of watching that. Um, by the way, uh, keeping it in a family, the movie's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who is the mm-hmm. editor on Halloween. Also, it's pretty cool because um, Nancy Kyes slash Nancy Loomis uh, plays um, Tom Atkins' uh, estranged wife in the movie for like one scene. So keeping it in the family there, too, uh, yeah. that she was in the original Halloween and she was also in The Fog and Assault, Assault on Precinct 13, uh, both from – I John also Carpenter. like the, the meta um, Halloween is playing on TV. <laughs> yeah in the movie that's kind of interesting i remember seeing that when i was a kid uh, uh like a saturday or something my dad was watching halloween 3 and i was like <laughs> I, I saw a commercial for halloween but during the movie 
And then it kept going, and I was like, was that a commercial, or what was that? And my dad, of course, couldn't tell me because he had no idea because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> tell us what you really think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it's uh, – I had something I was going to say, but I forgot. Oh, crap. What was it? It was something not necessarily good, but it was something. Um. Tiny, have you seen Halloween 3? Yeah, oh, yeah. Talk about it, Tiny. I saw it for the first time last year as well. Like, just pretty much all these. Um, was was it your worst movie of the year last year? Yeah. Wow. I think it was. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Hmm. Uh, it, well, and it was just made worse by the fact that I, I watched it on the day that I was sick. I started to oh, feel yeah. sick during the movie and was sick <laughs> the rest of the day. And so it was it was like a catalyst for my un, not feeling well. Uh, I don't know oh. if it really was or not, but <laughs> I blame it for that. Uh, and I just absolutely despise. By the, I I was so close to shutting it off. Wow, so close to shutting it off. You need to watch it again, bro. No, no, <laughs> no. Maybe when I eventually buy the the big collection, the big oh, yeah. collection, which I will I will someday, but. Uh, maybe when I do that, but not mm-hmm. anytime soon. It's worth mentioning about that about the big set, and I'll put links in the show notes and everything, so you can click it and support us. Um, is that the deluxe edition has five discs that are not in the the collect the complete collection, uh, which includes like the TV version of Halloween uh, one and uh, yeah, it's got the uh, bunch. It of doesn't stuff. have that last bonus disc, which. It's basically a lot of Halloween four and five bonus features. But. Yeah, and I want to. I don't think it has the producer's cut of six either. No, it doesn't. That's pretty crazy. It doesn't have any of the TV versions. It doesn't have the producer's cut. Yeah. Um. Doesn't, it have, doesn't the, have. Yeah. It doesn't have the old special features for Halloween. Right. Um, anyway, um, the, kind of a I guess a final thought on on Halloween three is that I can't imagine. Just how annoyed and unbelievably angry people in 1982 were when they walked into Halloween three and expected a Michael Myers movie. I yeah, like I can't imagine. I mean, like I I went and saw Gone Girl and there was a trailer for Interstellar and I closed my eyes and everything because I mean I I don't want to see any trailers for Interstellar. So back in 1982 when they didn't have like internet and 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 you know as much saturation of pr- promotional materials and stuff. I can't imagine someone going completely in the dark to Halloween three and seeing that. <laughs> um, and sure. And I'm sure most of people went into it blind. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's part of the stigma about it. I mean, it's not a good movie, but maybe as a standalone movie, it's, it's a fun campy, uh, uh, movie that's not meant to be taken seriously. I don't um, think it is. You don't think it's funny, Campy? I don't think it's funny, Campy. Really? You it need, just sucks. Need to see it again, bro. No. <laughs> it's. I, I think it's funny, Campy, but I can't tell you. I I feel like at times they're being earnest. Yeah, and that's part of the. I don't know. It's there was something about it. I'm like I'm like I said. I'm not defending it as as anything. I'm just saying I didn't despise it like I thought that I was going to. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like after I finished Halloween two. It wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta go to Halloween three now. Like it was when I when I mentioned earlier about dropping my uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise review. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's no uh, Freddy's Dead, right? Or Freddy's Revenge. Freddy's Revenge. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So anyway, so yeah, that's that's Halloween three. We don't really need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yep, May, did not make a whole lot of money. Uh, but and it also killed the franchise for a good six years. Yeah, until Halloween four: The Return of Michael Myers. Yes, which I just watched today. Um, for the first time? No, 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 no. Uh, first time on this Blu-ray set. Um, first of a planned three times because uh, commentaries. But man, I I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I do too. Um, <clears throat> and maybe because it's the return of Michael Myers that I like it a lot. But it's just it's it's it takes it back to what makes the franchise so much fun in those first two movies, and it also takes it um amplifies it because they have the kind of the, like they have the town lynch mob after him, and I, I love that dynamic. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys uh, think of Although them? they it kinda paints uh it kinda paints a picture of uh Midwestern middle Illinois in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. That's, that's not what they're like. <laughs> I think they're thinking of something else. Yeah. Unless it's southern Illinois. I don't know. I don't know where Haddonfield is supposed <laughs> to be actually. I don't know either. Um Worth mentioning is a piece of trivia that the it's a fictional town, of course, but it's named after Deborah Hill's hometown, which is uh, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Jersey, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, the return of Michael Myers was a lot of fun. Introduction of um, Danielle Harris, at her first movie ever. Uh, and, as and Jamie Lloyd. As Jamie Lloyd. Yep. yep. Um, just such an interesting. Wait a second. Uh oh. I need to go back. Okay. It's uh Jimmy Lloyd. So Jamie is the child of Jimmy. Yeah, okay. That's what I was So it's not, um, it's not okay. Hartnett. It's Josh not Hartnett. Josh Hartnett's character, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. No, it's it's Jimmy Lloyd. And that's hmm. and I think Jimmy Lloyd is in the credits. You know that it's Lloyd. Um nice. and Jamie Lloyd, of course, is played by Daniel Harris. Uh and I like a lot of the characters in this movie, especially the foster sister Rachel. Oh yeah. Which spoiler alert uh is killed off in the fifth one and it is right. just idiotic. <laughs> yeah. Four, five, and six kind of blend together for me. Yeah, they and they for four and five too. should. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They are they are very similar. Uh although five is a significant drop off in quality. Man, five. Oh, we'll get to that, but Yeah. Um <laughs> the guy who plays Rachel's boyfriend in in Halloween 4 mm-hmm. only ever I don't even know his name but only ever ever seen him in Dazed and Confused. He plays one of the one of the uh the senior football players. Okay. Um yeah. and <laughs> he's the one that tells uh Randall Floyd or he tells someone to small his fingers. I don't know. Anyway, um yeah, it's it's you know it's a fun movie and he's really good in it and, and as as the boyfriend who spoiler alert is uh, he I guess cheats on her. I, it's an interesting dynamic that they that they had. It was a nice like little subplot the their relationship and how he's you know he goes with uh, another girl and who ends up being the sheriff's daughter. <laughs> uh, it brings a nice dynamic to it and kind of a, a bit of a. a not lightheartedness, but a, a different side to the story, and I like how it kind of evens out the, the um, uh, the flow of the the narrative, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. And the kills yeah. are pretty cool too. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. and that was in the uh, came out in '88, which is kind of just after the boom of uh, Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's just mm-hmm. super gory and it's really all about the kills. Uh, and so you get a lot of that in this movie, right? But I like it. It's a, uh, it's. I feel like a lot of it is modeled after the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to hit those subtleties. They try to work on. The, uh, they they try to build a story around mood and tone and cinematography. Uh, it's not nearly as good as the first one by any stretch right. of the imagination, but uh, it's pretty effective. It's a it's a noteworthy ten ten year anniversary gift to the yeah. franchise. Absolutely. Um, and at the end of the movie, the lynch mob, the hillbillies, they shoot him up, and then he flies into a ditch by a yeah. abandoned mine. Yeah, and then we get Halloween 5. One year later. <laughs> yep, which I I haven't gotten a chance to watch Halloween 5 yet, so I'm, I'm a little rusty, but after watching it the first time, I've only seen it maybe once, um, after watching it, I was so floored. Because they introduced something in the last act that was like, and maybe it was because I was reading the Dark Tower at the time, and it kind of really reminded me of the main character and 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 that. Mm-hmm. But it was just such an interesting thing that the Man in Black. Um, uh-huh. Why don't we talk, Mike? Why don't you talk about it? Because I'm rusty on it. Uh, sure. So uh, it turns out that. Now I said one year later. I, I mean chronologically in terms of the the movie, uh, and also literally one year later uh, they they put this movie out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, Michael has been cared for by a hermit in the mine shaft. Apparently, uh, <laughs> I forgot about it, that. And oh, by the way, at the end of four, we we didn't mention. I think the idea, or that they say the idea. Uh, was that the powers, Michael's powers or evil ha- has, had been, uh, transferred onto Jamie. Right. right. And she, and she stabs her, her step, or her foster mother. That was right. cool. That was very right? cool. It is very cool. It's very effective. It, it's the same scare we get early on in the, in the first one. They're trying mm-hmm. to go back to, uh, you know, what, what is a child capable of? She's wearing the clown suit to kind of, um, echo that the first movie and that's completely abandoned yeah except for the fact that she's a mute due to the due to the trauma right mm-hmm. however she does exhibit signs of a telepathic link with her uncle um yeah. and to that i say what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say does that I, I remember that and thinking it was relatively out of place Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's it's one hundred percent supernatural. It's not you know, we don't we don't we don't have anything supernatural in the franchise up to that point. Yeah. And then out of nowhere there's just this whole telekinesis, tele thing, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um not telekinesis, uh, uh telepathic. Telepathic, thank you. Yeah. Telepathy. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> telepathy. So <laughs> it just kinda comes out of nowhere. I tried to tell it's you that. It's such an in my interesting mind, idea. Can... And that's the tragedy. It's such a cool idea yeah. if they were to have gone there. And I Right. And uh, um I'm sure it was Mustafa Akkad, mm-hmm. rest in peace, I guess. Uh who <laughs> said no, we I mean listen. <laughs> Stop. All right. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy, but come on. I can't have I can't beholden to every dead person some sort of sentimentality. Right, right. I'm sorry. It's like what Adolf Hitler said. Or rest in peace, I, I guess. 
yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, Mustafa Khan is a family man. He's a nice guy. Whatever. But he's made a lot of sh- movies. <laughs> True. He is responsible for several sh- Halloween movies. Right. So whatever. I, I'm calling him out beyond the grave. Um, uh, I apologize to the family, the, to the Akkad estate. But, <laughs> right. uh, Mustafa Akkad said, we will not have a Halloween without Michael Myers ever again. Remember Halloween 3? We're not doing it. So they went back to the drawing board and decided to resurrect Michael Myers uh, and make it so that Jamie has a t- uh, telepathic link. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Further, uh, Michael Myers, one of Michael Myers' first kill, like I said earlier, is Jamie's, uh, foster sister, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Just uh, unceremonious death, whatever, to replace her with Tina, who is so annoying, I can't even stand it. Uh, I'm dreading watching this movie now. (laughs) So, so many, uh, uh, final girls in movies and and i guess i can't tell who is the final girl i guess it's jamie but she's a little girl but um her her keeper i guess tina um so many of them are forgettable like so many of the bodies in horror movies are forgettable uh forgettable and and like the worst you can say about them is that they're forgettable tina is not forgettable she's just awful and annoying and (laughs) not a good actress and compared to rachel why would they make that switch had to right. had to be a money thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm eager to get to the special features for it. Um, I listened to the Halloween Four commentary, maybe something like five years ago, maybe six mm-hmm. years ago, uh, and I I know that they mentioned um, that you know it it was Daniel Harris and it was uh, Ellie Cornell mm-hmm. do the commentary on that, and they both kind of talk about how much of a bummer it is that they didn't get to they didn't get to be in the fifth one together all that much um right. and it's more than just a bummer i mean it it makes for a really crappy movie experience yeah totally understand um oh ellie cornell does the commentary on four and five really yeah interesting huh so i guess it's that one she talks about being bummed out hmm whatever cool. also worst mask in the franchise by the way really the worst mask, uh, huh. I guess, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, to your sure. point, Matt. So uh, he goes on, and, and all along, this guy in black in a black trench coat and a hat is following yeah. the events of the movie. And who reminds me of Roland Deschain? What's that? Uh, he reminds me of the uh, main character in Dark Tower. Ah. Anyway, and then my- so uh, the climax of the movie takes place in uh, the old Myers house. Yeah, uh, and. Michael actually uh, stabs her in the leg at one point, but they had to cut that out of the movie because of the um, the MPAA. Uh, but you can see the the carnage. Anyway, follows her into the attic where she takes his mask off and he cries, and she says, "Uncle." Uh, <sighs> and so anyway, uh, <laughs> the whole plan was for Loomis to use Jamie, who is now talking again, by the way, uh, as bait. <laughs> They catch Michael, shoot him with a tranquilizer gun, beat him with a wooden plank, uh, load it up into the sheriff's station, uh, into the car, and then take him to the maximum security, or eventually to go to maximum security prison. Is that the sheriff's station? Uh, everything is happy on that side until there's an explosion, and the man in black comes in, shoots a bunch of officers, and then takes Michael away. Which could have been kind of interesting. Sure. It, it, the movie is poorly, poorly executed. Oh, yeah. 
but the idea that we're that we might get some backstory on Michael Myers uh could be interesting. Yeah. And and I love the idea of the the kind of cult thing. I really like that idea. And they they fumbled it in in 6. They uh, punted it. <laughs> <laughs> uh by the way, a punt, Matt, in football. <laughs> oh, that's when the kicker does the when the, when the kicker actually makes uh um you know the the name. when the kicker makes a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's when football actually makes sense as a name for that sport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember yeah. the guy we met at PopCon who interviewed? He's oh a, yeah, Chick McGee's a punter. God, <laughs> Pat McAfee. They should call him Punt McAfee. Am I right? Best best kicker, best punter in the NFL. Oh well, they should call oh, him I don't Punt know. McAfee. This, this the the guy the Bears have this Pat. Like that, like the only punter drafted in the last something. Like nobody drafts a punter, mm-hmm. and they drafted this Pat O'Donnell guy. He is good. Well, he booted like a seventy yarder today. It was crazy. So did Pat Mack, and he is actually he is statistically the leading punter in the NFL right now. Uh huh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Do you know who is also really good at punting? The man in black for punting Michael Myers out of prison. Uh-huh. So your girlfriend for punting you to the curb. Oh. <laughs> Bird! Oh, that hurts. Whoa. Get Matt some aloe vera. Oh, <laughs> You need some ointment for that one. Yeah, I, I do. I love you, Maddie. You, it's okay. That's, that was an easy joke. I I, it was. It was. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. Also, you're... You have a really happy marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so would have been really cool, uh, yeah. But I guess because the movie was so terrible, uh, <laughs> it just it just really made not a whole lot of money, uh, and then it took a couple of years for them to make Halloween Six, and yeah. they did, they uh, did, and they... I wish they hadn't. You know, I'm I'm kind of excited to get to this one in the set, um, solely because the producers cuts in it. And I'm yeah. I'm very curious about the producers' cut because what from what I understand, from what one of my coworkers tells me, is that the producers' cut delves more into the kind of cult lore and, and mythology. No. No? no, no, no. It does a little bit. It touches it a little bit, Ugh, but sucks. not not enough to fix it. And also, by the way, the the lore. It is something else almost entirely from the Man in Black thing. Oh really? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a total secondary idea. There's there's a little bit of Curse of the Thorn, a little bit of that, but there's no mm. mention, very little mention of the Man in Black, and it's only because um, they they realized they had to touch on that uh, is the, that there's even any mention of it. Hmm. There's a lot wrong with this movie. That's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah. This is one with Paul Rudd, right? Yeah. It is. Which yeah, like, that's what I have to contribute Rudd. to this the, conversation. <laughs> I a, will as a grown Tommy Doyle. That's I, I I will give them credit. That's that's kinda cool to kinda keep it with that or to call back that way. But I mean adult Tommy Doyle. Yeah. The kid that Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting in the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I picked up on that when I watched it. Uh do we have anything more to say about <laughs> Curse of Michael Myers. Um, yeah, just that they they tried to cast Daniel Harris as uh 
as Jamie Lloyd in the movie, but uh, did not like that her didn't like her death sequence. It didn't like how early it was in the movie and just that it was ineffective. Uh, so she decided to back out of it. It's also the first movie uh, produced by Dimension or distributed by Dimension Films. Right. Uh, and it, 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 it kind of has that feeling, doesn't it? Uh, from what I remember, yeah, but not nearly as much as the next one. No, absolutely not. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. It's, uh, but there, there are some scenes that I think are interesting. There's a scene, uh, where they go to, I think it's the mental ward or, or something like that. I don't know. It's been a year since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're going through and there's just some really cool, scary flashes. Um, just the, just they play with lighting and there's a lot of blood and uh, it's kind of effective and interesting. It's it's the the climactic sequence. Okay. Hmm. So I, I I don't know. I I didn't mean to say that they completely ignore the man in black thing. I mean, they right. address who that is, but it's not. It 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 totally seems like a a secondary thing. Okay. At what, least to me. <sighs> I, I still would love to do like a fran- fix the franchise episode. Um, oh, geez. Yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I just think it could have been really cool to kind of go into the, like, go into the kind of nationwide or global kind of lore or, or um, um, whatever that, that, um, Michael Myers has brought on. Like, there's these people that are nefarious by nature or whatever, which is my rap group name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, copyright anyway um but i just imagine like it would be cool to have them as this this they recognize that michael myers is evil is the personification of evil and they want to harness that and they're like basically fanboys for michael myers and they want to take him to do their do their own thing i think that's an intriguing concept Hmm. Um, it is. You surely don't get all that in the producer's cut. That's a shame. That's not even close. I'd watch that. Uh, ba- yeah. Well, I won't spoil watch it. The for hell you. Of it. Just okay. I'll, I'll let you be surprised by the producer's cut. But there's okay. a little bit more with Loomis. Ah, uh, that's about it. Okay. Which is crazy because uh, um, Donald Pleasance, who plays Doctor Loomis, is like at the end of his rope in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he is a man that is clearly. Uh, sadly enough, I don't mean to sound insensitive. Clearly, he's dying while this movie is being made. Right. I mean, it, uh, his speech is labored. Uh, he just he just doesn't look good. Oh, I'm dreading that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought that uh, Doctor Loomis was like uh, Donald Pleasance was like cartoonish in these movies. Yeah, I, we haven't really talked about Loomis all that much. Do you, you think he's cartoonish, Matt? Do you think he's worthwhile? <laughs> I wouldn't say he's cartoonish. After seeing uh, Behind the Mask, I feel like he's a little, that doesn't hamper my enjoyment because Behind the Mask arrives Leslie Vernon, 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 Vernon yeah. has uh, they they call attention to this type of character and they call it like he's excited because he has an Ahab. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the what the character is is called, I guess, in in this in this uh, genre, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that cartoonish. Um, I, I, I love him in these movies. Uh, the first one, he's, he's really good at, at, um, at showing the urgency of it. And it, and oh, it the works. first one, he's phenomenal. But oh, yeah. I'm talking like four, five, and six. He's just crazy. Right. 
Okay, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say he absolutely becomes cartoonish. He's needed yeah. in the first one because uh, without him, Michael Myers is just a crazy guy with a knife. Right, it's, right. It's, it's Loomis running around saying he's evil. He's <laughs> yeah. e- the evil is return. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, uh, four, five, and six. He's a, kind of a broken record. Yeah. Um, I even thought like when I was watching four, uh, when he's talking to the head of the institution, he's like, "No, you let them, you let him out. You're not supposed to let him out, and all that." And then the guy's like, "Come on, really? Like, just stop." And I'm like, "I kind of feel the same way." <laughs> he's been saying this for like he's saying in the uh, two other movies, but but yeah, I, I love Donald Pleasance as an actor, though. Um, yeah, and in these movies, he's he's fun. And even in yeah. the lesser movies, he's he's fun, and he was a good Blofeld and James Bond. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's um, why people know him. That's why he got such a such a high billing when the movie came out. Yeah, because Blofeld. Right. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, so you said you mentioned fix the franchise, and I thought that was interesting uh, of you to say that as we're talking about this movie, <laughs> because. Uh, they kind of tried to, didn't they? With uh, H2O? H2O. Well, they did, sort of. Well, it's You know, it's actually interesting. I'll go into a little spiel about it. Um, Halloween H2O came out in 1998, and um, Kevin Williamson, who did Scream and Scream 2, um, he was charged with writing it. Like I guess he, he was a co-writer on it. And he, I believe it was him, sat down with the intention, or maybe the studio wanted him to do this, but to put basically fix the franchise to basically take all of everything everything in the past and and the franchise to that point and put it together into one movie that fixed everything all the continuity errors all the all the um all the plot holes all that stuff we should we should sorry to interrupt we should go back a little bit further basically jamie lee curtis approached um uh mustafa cod malika cod uh and approached um John Carpenter to do a 20 year thing. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. It, it was the fact that she wanted to do it that they even made it happen. Nice. That she was, that she was willing to do it. And, and then so that's where it comes in. Kevin Williamson. Okay. Cool. So sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely in late 90s slasher movie. Um, but anyway, so, so he, I'm getting ahead of myself. He, Kevin Williamson decided that, okay, it's impossible. So his whole idea or whoever else wrote it with him was to make a movie that was the third part of a trilogy started with, that started with Halloween one and two. So it ignored four through six. It ignored season of the witch, obviously. And so that's where kind of the genesis of my whole thought pattern of having, um, only one, two in H2O as a as a continuous story um as a as a self-contained trilogy came huh. from um and you know story-wise it did a good job oh i i agree yeah um but in the, terms of tying it all together yeah i thought so and the making, first two i guess making it compelling yeah. as well yeah <clears throat> i actually cared about the characters <laughs> right yeah. okay so we're talking about in in both ways in terms of tying it together canon-wise and also in the story, the story is good. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm agreeing with with both of those. I'm just trying to clarify. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Yeah, I agree. 
it's uh it's fun although the more i watch it the more i'm disappointed in just how 90 slasher it is because there's uh, uh marco beltrami did the score who he did the score for scream and scream 2 um and probably scream 3 i don't know but it there's a piece in the there's a part of the movie where Michael is chasing. I think it's I, I'm I believe it's the scene where he's chasing Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams, uh, future Academy Award winning actress Michelle uh, Williams. Uh, I made that prediction like a year ago, but it'll yeah. happen. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, where he's chasing them, and and they're chasing through through the campus and stuff, and the score is so so scream. Like it's lifted from Scream. It, there's no other explanation because it sounds exactly like something from Scream. And even even the way that Michael walks in that in that scene, if I remember correctly, is very very ghost facey. And I, I didn't really like that at all because you know I don't know. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've seen that, but uh, based on my memory, I don't know that I'd agree with you. Because really, ghost facey runs most ghost facey. <laughs> Ghostface he, runs most of the time. He does. And Michael was walking. And, and Michael was walking, but I want to say that he had kind of a kind of a little bit of a hop in his step. Had a hop to his step. Um, I'll, when I when I watch it again, I'll I'll uh, we'll revisit it when when we each get to it, I guess. Um, but I do remember just feeling like this is this is not John Carpenter's uh, Michael Myers. This is you know, Scream. This is Dimension Films. Capitalizing on the success of Scream and the resurgence of slasher movies, mm-hmm. version. I've said so many times before on this podcast how horror uh, is cyclical uh, yeah. and derivative and influential to other horror. I mean, that's just how it goes. Halloween came out, influenced by movies like Psycho, mm-hmm. uh, and then it and that spawned Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth became successful, so Halloween had to copy it. Uh, did that unsuccessfully, and then Scream came along, uh, influenced again by Halloween. So Halloween tried to come out again uh, and copy Scream. It's it's kind of sad to see it Halloween is. playing catch up the way it does. It is, and and I mean, H two O is a good movie, and, and like we said, it, it's a does a good job of tying things up and 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 putting again, kind of similar to, uh, I'm, I guess similar. To Halloween Four, it's like it's a nice little like twenty year anniversary gift to the franchise. Um, oh yeah, it much much better than the ten year anniversary. Gift. <laughs> right, right, and it's um has an, a lot of nice uh, um callbacks and stuff like Michelle Williams looking out the window in in, uh, in class and not paying attention to the teacher and getting called on and all that, and seeing Michael and then not seeing Michael. Um, so it's a fun movie. It's it's a lot of fun, actually. Um, also, yeah, I like it a, a lot. There, there's yeah. very little I dislike mm-hmm. about the movie. Also, as a security guard myself, I truly appreciate that LL Cool J plays a security guard and survives. Yes. LL Cool J? Yeah. Ladies love Cool J. Yeah. Yep. Is that what it stands for? For, for yeah. real? Yeah. Ladies love Cool James. Cool James, yeah. Yep. Kind of wish he would have died in the movie now. <laughs> um, just kidding. <laughs> Racist. Uh, just kidding. By the way, another thing they lifted from Scream was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was 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 billed 
for the movie, you know, people. Oh yeah, that died. The pre-credit. Very kill. early on. Also, Josh Hartnett's film debut. Yeah, yeah, oh. and a lot of good it did him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I liked Lucky Number Seven. It did, it did yeah. do him good. I it, mean, he it had did. a successful career. I think he's intentionally stopped. Probably didn't he? I mean, he had he had a string of hits for a while. He did. He did. Um, I like the faculty. Yeah, the faculty. That's was a yeah. fun movie. Yeah. I think he quit on purpose. Probably another I don't know. Kevin Williamson movie. Yeah, another Kevin Williamson movie. Okay. Um, I think he was. Supposed I to be love on. my favorite thing is when. Uh, my favorite scenes are when Jamie Lee Curtis is talking to uh, the George Clooney, Jay Leno's brother. <laughs> um, uh, Adam, Adam, is it is it Adam Arkin? Sure. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I think just so. about the history and kind of explaining the events of one and two. <laughs> That's and, the best way to describe him. Yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh. Jay Leno and George Clooney, like a wow. like a better looking Jay Leno and an uglier John, uh, George Clooney. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, What's his name? Uh, I think it's Adam Arkin. Adam, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. That is a good way to describe him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, he's even got like the lower. He's got like the jowl semi pseudo lisp, but that yeah. uh, but that. that salt and pepper hair that George Clooney has and those huh. dreamy eyes. I don't know. Jeez. Whatever. Hmm. Uh, and then he talks about how, you know, my brother chased me around with a really big kitchen knife. I, I just like the way she said yeah. <laughs> Uh And then she goes in and at the end of the movie she chops Michael's head off. Yeah. Or does she? <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she absolutely does. That's the That's the worst thing. Usually, what happens next? Uh, you guys remember the first time you saw H two O? By the way, last year. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. I want to say theater. You saw it in theater. I think so. Wow. Look at you. Or maybe VHS. But I mean, it was one like I was anticipating it. I was excited for it. Yeah. Usually, awesome. when you get your head caught off, you die. Well. I mean, there's some gray area there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try that's it at Sharktober and Irvington. We'll try it. What happens? Yeah. We'll try to get back to you. Yeah. So come to Sharktober and Irvington. We're gonna chop each other's heads off, and we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, trying God. to drum up interest, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I I remember when this came out, my parents really wanted to see it, and the just the like commercials for the DVD or for the VHS alone scared the crap out of me. Uh. And the the Usual Friday night at the White House when I was young was we'd rent two movies, uh, one for the kids, one for the parents after the kids went to bed. Uh, and Matilda, I think, was the movie we watched. I don't, no, it was, it was Madeline. <laughs> the movie version of that. And, uh, and then they watched H2O and it, was, it came out around Christmas time. And I remember going to bed and just not being able to sleep for the entire hour and a half that my parents watched the movie. Just listening to the scary, scary music and scary sounds, and it terrified me. I remember you saying that. Oh, I like so that. Scary. I like it a lot. Hmm. Um, then a couple years later, I saw the movie. Actually, several years later. Nice. Ten years later. Wow. So, um, moving right along, we're we're running, we're 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 going. Um, Halloween Resurrection. This is the campy fun movie. Whoa. 
Whoa, Tiny. Buster Rhymes does karate. I just... I just think that is playing earnestly for a specific audience. I think they took this movie very seriously. Really? Yeah, I really do. Really? I'll tell you what. Uh, the first 20 minutes of it, while I hate... So Jamie LaCritis's character dies. That's, that's kind right. of her character comes full circle. Uh, she was signed on to do another sequel so she did it and she said i'll do it but we got to do it this way and that's interesting but it is it is an entirely different movie from what happens the rest Mm -hmm. of the way and i just i i can't see that they're going for campy if the movie starts out for the first 20 minutes the way it does well when an actor gives Mm -hmm. you an ultimatum you don't really have a choice yeah that's true but it just it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie yeah and I, I don't see it as campy. I just see it as just really horrible movie. <laughs> uh, that's how I see Season of the Witch. Well, like Mike, I think they were being earnest the entire every scene in that movie. I think they were being earnest for Season of the Witch. But this, Busta Rhymes does karate. <laughs> I mean, he does. And there is that scene, if I remember correctly, where the the girl screams. I don't remember. Like early in the movie, not even like, not even like, oh, Michael's chasing me. It's like, it's like she's in an audition for something for the reality show or whatever, and she mm-hmm. screams and it breaks a mirror or something. Okay, yeah. Um, but I, I so just, I can see it, that. You, you might be right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's that it came out in. Uh, what year did this piece of come out? Uh, <laughs> 2000, 02. 02. Or 02. Is it 02? 02. Okay. So it was like post irony. You know what I mean? Like '90s was was uh, every movie was ironic. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's post irony, um, kind of just over the top. But man, I just I don't know that they're going. Like I would say that at times H two O goes for campy and does it effectively, and is not is not based on camp. But just Halloween just misses every Halloween Resurrection misses every single mark. Hmm. I th- I laughed I laughed several times throughout the movie at its campiness. That's what I mm-hmm. that's what I remember, and, and it, that's totally opinion. I mean, there's no well, right I mean, or, right no yeah, right or wrong answer here. It's, you can laugh at it, no problem, but I don't know if that was the intended effect. Because hmm. I think that they thought that they had this this concept of like oh webcam reality show that's really hip right now. Um, so let's yes, do that. Hip. I, and that's what I mean by post irony. Yeah, think it thinks it's incredibly hip. Right. And it's just and, laughably and it's, bad. It, rather than be playing for camp, it's played for cool. Yeah. Like these characters are too cool to be in a horror movie. Hmm. Sure. Which I'm really excited to see, um, to watch it with the commentary. Hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. One of the reviews I read is that, uh, it's, it's a transfer from like, from the DVD, the Blu-ray, and it's not upgraded at all. And in fact, it looks worse. And it's oh, like wow. the worst disc in the set. Oh, that sucks. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Isn't Tyra Banks in it? She is indeed. Right. So, so another is, thing, uh... is she intended to be a serious actress? In this? <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I don't know if they went in because they, they had, I mean, they had H2O was like, like this was the big, I, I feel like H2O was supposed to reboot things or was supposed to bring Michael into the, into the nineties and into the twenty. You know, whatever, uh, 
in the 90s the way that Curse of Michael Myers couldn't. Mm-hmm. I think different parties had different intentions. You know what I mean? Like I, I oh, think yeah. that could Jamie be Lee Curtis and some of the actors were like, let's do it. Let's let's pay homage and then we'll call it a day. And then Mustafa Akkad saw dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, and I, you know you're talking. You're, this is coming from a guy who's only seen it once. <laughs> yeah, and this is totally splitting hairs. Either anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, intentional or not, it is still really bad. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. But I had fun with it. Yeah. Trick or treat, mother. <laughs> is, that yeah. the, the, is that the line? Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. the line. That's the line. Yeah. That's the line. So, um, also appearing in Resurrection is Luke Kirby. Mm. It was in. Uh, Take this waltz, which is in the lost episode of Obsessive Viewer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Katie Sackhoff. So. Oh, yeah. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Yeah. Who I liked in this movie. She was good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Moving on. Yes. Resurrection. So that was it. That killed the yeah. franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically no enough, they since can't it's. can't make any more. Yeah. Ironically enough, since it's, you know, Resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, what came next was five years later, Rob Zombie remade. Now they intended to make a Halloween Nine, and Did I they? think I've read that there were Halloween Nine scripts being Ooh. tossed around, uh, uh, and at least definitely being talked about. Right? Huh. So they didn't like what they were coming up with, and they said, "What if they 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 said, remember uh, how much money?" The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake did. Ooh, They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, and so High they, art. They, they, <laughs> yeah. They gave the reins over to Rob Zombie. Hmm. Yes, they A did. A tiny. <laughs> you have interesting thoughts on this. Yes. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Um, I think last year I wrote a thing. Adaptations and remakes? I don't think it was full on that. Was it an adaptation remake? I think so, because uh, I think you did Halloween, I did Nightmare on Elm Street, and Mike, you did... I did Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeah. Okay. We all, we, I released it all on uh, Halloween. Okay. I was really impressed, because it, it was a big month. Anyway, go ahead. So yeah, check that out um, yeah. for my and thoughts. It, don't you say, don't you make uh, um, a big a big statement in that? I do. Yeah. And let me clarify it. Okay. <laughs> I say that, objectively, the original from... John Carpenter is absolutely the better movie, without okay. question. Right, is the better movie. Objectively. Yeah, so you like that one more? I actually, personally, my favorite is actually Rob Zombies. You mean John Carpenter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I like it a little. It has more of what I like about horror. Okay, let me put it that way. It is one hundred percent a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone asks, like. I don't know. If anyone asked me, I would definitely say that the first one is better. Right. The original is much better, obviously. But uh And you like it more. <laughs> just personal. <laughs> I do like it more. I do. I oh. like it more, but okay. the, but the Rob Zombie one has more of what I like. Let me put it that way. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not making any sense right now. <laughs> My this opinion doesn't You're make any sense. You're backing out. <laughs> this opinion doesn't make any sense. But So you want to go back and change your adaptations and remakes post? No. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I agree. The opinion, the opinion doesn't make any sense, and, and I, I don't know. I understand. It makes sense to me. Let me help you out, me. Tiny. Can I? Please. Please. Um. 
you said objectively speaking, John Carpenter's Halloween is is a better movie, and that's so true. Mm-hmm. And we could go, I could go for hours talking about what works in the original Halloween, what doesn't work, what was purposeful, and what did John Carpenter just fall ass backwards into brilliance. You know, we <laughs> could talk about that. It is it's a great movie, and we know about the influence. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween is a lesser product. However, what I think you cling on to, and, and I think this is totally deserved, the movie totally deserves this, is Rob Zombie set out to do one thing and he knocked it out of the park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie accomplished exactly what he meant to make. Mm-hmm. Right? He wanted to show the origins. Again, I don't think that's necessary. I think a lot of Halloween fans didn't think that was necessary. Uh, I think most critics found that unnecessary. But he said, I'm going to show you how he got this way. I'm going to show you some really violent <laughs> And then I'm going to take it a weird way at the end. That's what I'm going to do. Feel how you want to feel about it. And he did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I I said in my adapta- adaptations and remakes post that I, I care about that genesis. That's what's more interesting to me. Um, you know, the both of the movies have, both the original and this remake, have a substantial amount of the movies dedicated to Michael Myers stalking around Haddonfield and killing people, right? And that's not really my thing. I don't find that all that interesting or... Sure. I don't, it doesn't suck. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's just not my thing. But all the stuff before that, you know, all all the tension that's built up in the in the John Carpenter's where he's kind of just stalking everybody, that's amazing to me. That mm-hmm. is better than anything Rob Zombie ever did. Absolutely. Um, but the beginning of the first third of the Rob Zombie movie, maybe the first half where we get that genesis, that's phenomenal. I love that. Um, and I don't know. That that's what I love so much about the Rob Zombie version. Right. You like it more as a psychological examination yes. of of evil. Absolutely. Yeah. I can totally respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I'm excited to watch it again because I I haven't seen Rob Zombie's remake in maybe two three years. Yeah. Um, so it's been. Tell a what, let me look up my ratings of each on IMDb, <laughs> and I'll tell you. Um, nice. I think I think Rob Zombie is an incredibly interesting dude. Mm-hmm. I I don't love his movie all that much, and in fact, every time I watch it, I like it less and less. And every time I watch the original Halloween, I like it more and more. Um, mm-hmm. But so I keep wanting, I keep trying to find ways into the original Halloween, and I just can't. But uh, my point about Rob Zombie: every interview I watch, I'll, I want to watch the movie. Like I'll, I'll see, I'll hear him talk about Halloween and I'm like, oh, I need to watch that again. Maybe I'll feel differently about it. And then I don't. Uh, I've listened to, I've seen the movie with commentary. Um, I watched all the special features on the, on the DVD. I, I have not seen the four hour documentary though. I haven't been able to carve out four hours to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I really want to. Um, but I always love what he has to say. And I, and I think it's really interesting just kind of the, the pushback from the studio the, that he got. And uh, and how adamant he was that he wouldn't make a sequel, mm-hmm. um, and I just I wonder I've never gotten the clear story about what happened and why he did make a sequel and and kind of what went wrong and no it's it's an interesting story I think what happened with the the Halloween remake and I, and I don't know that we'll ever get the real story mm-hmm. right um, funny I just looked up my ratings on IMDb uh, the original I gave a ten out of ten 
Nice. And uh, that was last year because it was the first time I ever watched it. And uh, Rob Zombie's when I watched it back in the day, nine out of ten. <laughs> so there you well, go. There you go. Oh. Objective tiny right there. Nice. Yeah, there and also go. I I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. Right. Every movie he's made, I've been a big fan of, uh, including Lords of Salem from last year. I like that movie a lot. He just I just kind of get him, I guess, or or he gets me. <laughs> He gets me either, sure. either way. So, uh, and I realize there's a lot of people who didn't like, don't like his movies at all, um, and that's fine. It's just a, uh, just opinion. Uh, Matt, right. by the way, how do you feel yes. about the fact that uh, the theatrical version of Halloween is not included in the Blu-ray? So. I I don't like that at all. I, that sucks a lot. It does. I I want because it's a complete collection. It should be a complete collection. I I. As a complete, as a completist, I, I don't like that at all. Uh, hmm. I own both versions of it on uh, on DVD, mm-hmm. um, and I tend to prefer the theatrical version. Yeah, from what I remember of it, I think I prefer the theatrical one. But you know, uh, the unrated has a very out of place rape scene that is just oh wow, that is just not the <laughs> the <laughs> there are certain rape scenes that that. How do I not sound disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> that accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah. They're, they're so difficult to watch that. Oh, man. Jesus. It can have a place. Yeah. It, ha- it can have a place. It can be I, integral I, I to the. I don't mean to say at all that it's entertaining to watch. Right. But I, but I get it when it's happening. Yeah. It um, serves a purpose. But, right. Exactly. But ha, ha, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake director's cut, uh, the rape scene in that movie is the catalyst for Michael Myers escaping from prison. And it just seems anticlimactic. You know, we never got his escape in the original, but Rob Zombie um, insists on putting it in. And I just, I just don't love it. I, if it, 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 it gives a motive. It's the same reason I don't like the movie at all is, mm-hmm. and I don't mean at all. I mean, at all. Um, is just the backstory is, is unnecessary. They they tell you things that I didn't really care about. I, I don't need to right. know how he got out of prison. And if you're going to show me how he got out of prison, don't say it's because he wanted to get revenge on these guys raping a girl. Like, where's the backstory there? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of excited to watch the movie again because, I, like I said, I haven't seen it in a few years. I'm just I'm bummed that it's not the theatrical version. Um, I need to I need to watch them side by side. Like yeah. I did with uh, like I've done with the the TV TV cuts of one and two, <laughs> right? Maybe I'll do that. Nice. When I do it, um, I am looking forward to checking out the four hour documentary because my God, <laughs> oh, Jesus, uh, I don't I don't know that all the time. Like I'll have to watch it in pieces, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to right. Yes, brings us to Rob Zombie's Halloween two. Oh yes. Uh, and he insisted, like I said, I will not make another one. <laughs> That's it. There's no reason. Uh, except for dollar signs. <laughs> two years later, they went right back to it. Yeah. Right? This came out, uh, almost two years to the day. Uh, it was in August 2009. And when I saw this movie, I still say it's one of the most brutal movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. How so? Just, just, uh, the the killings in the beginning, just the um, just the intensity that Michael shows when he's killing people, and the anger, and the you know one of the criticisms of of Rob Zombie is that he shows you 
every last bit and all all the great horror directors will show you that the most terrifying things are left to your imagination. Mm-hmm. I think we might have talked about that in an episode before, just Maybe. about what we don't see is is the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I might disagree after seeing Halloween 2, because seeing Octavia Spencer's eyes bulge out of her head, well, they're kind of always bulging out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but to see her her shake and convulse uh and and choke every time he stabs her is is disgusting mm-hmm. um and, I, and i'm referring to the dream sequence at the beginning of the movie which takes place in a hospital which right. i think it hopefully is an interesting nod to halloween to the original right. halloween 2 which and, i uh, really appreciated yeah. i loved that sequence a lot yeah and and it's so violent. I remember I literally turned to my girlfriend at the time and I apologized for how violent it was. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm really sorry that we're watching this. Uh, and I might have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it one more time for the last time. Um, after that dream sequence ended um, and Lori wakes up in bed, uh, someone in the back of the theater goes, oh, f- this <laughs> walks out in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned that a couple episodes ago. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this movie at all. Hmm. Remember, I remember he takes his mask off. That's it. Wow. You don't remember Malcolm McDowell? Uh, completely. Just the movie. This was this was my main issue with the movie. White horse aside. Hmm. Um, I do remember that Cherry yeah, Moon Zombie. Yeah. 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 Which Rob? Come on, man. You don't need to cast your wife in every movie. Well, yeah. But anyway. Um, was, was that they completely, they completely butchered the character of, of Loomis. Um, he, like Malcolm McDowell was just, he was a money hungry guy. Like he was just, he was looking to capitalize on it in, in everything. He was just, he was a tool. And I'm like, this isn't in the spirit of, of Donald Pleasance's character. And it's just... I mean, I can appreciate them trying to go a different way, go like like Rob Zombie making something his own. But I mean, at least honor the character that's so integral to the franchise in some way. Hmm. I, and just why? So yeah. many. I have so many questions about this movie, that, and I just ask why? Why did they make that decision? Why the would Lori, who got chased by a maniacal madman who kills people, why would she have a Charles Manson poster in her room? No, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. That's so unbelievable that she would do that. I I fully believe that she would turn to drinking and drugs. I mm-hmm. fully believe that she would be depressed and paint her fingernails black or whatever. But that she would celebrate Charles Manson? No f-ing way. No, no, it's ridiculous. Wow, that is pretty uh, bad. The the first time I saw this movie and I wasn't paying attention to the details and I was basically going mostly going off the reaction that I had from the movie emotionally speaking. I really liked it a lot and, and I think I thought the movie was better uh than the first one, but they just dropped the ball in so many ways. Um mm-hmm. so I, have I mentioned my theory about this movie on the podcast? I think so because we when we talked about Horror Hound. Okay. Um, um uh, so I think that I think there's a lot of evidence for why Lori might have originally intended to be, or Rob Zombie might have originally intended for her to be the killer. Um, mm-hmm. She she uh, at the end of the movie puts on the mask and comes out with it. She's clearly crazy. Maybe that's why she has the Charlie Manson T-shirt. 
mm-hmm. uh, or a um, poster, but uh, there, there's just a, a lot of evidence that points toward it. Most damning of all is that Rob Zombie uh, says that I will never make a number three, and if I told you why, you wouldn't believe me. I, I don't know what else he would say other than, yeah. well, here's the idea I had, and they said no. Right. Hmm. Which is, uh, and then, and sorry, um, one of her friends gets stabbed in a van, like outside of a party that is just not in the trajectory of Michael Myers at all. Huh. Uh, man, it's just, it's just a, it's just a shoddy movie. It, yeah. It's just poor, poor storytelling, which is a shame because it's not, it's not the laughable Halloween six. It's not the embarrassing Halloween five. It's not the campy Halloween three. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, totally, completely earnest, totally, completely brutal and just, just drop the ball disappointing. Yeah. And that, that's a shame. Um, sorry. I no, no, no. winded there. I know we're running out of time, but no, I, no, you're I, fine. Pretty passionate about Halloween too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to checking it out again, I guess. Uh, I will say this, at least it uh, features Chris Hardwick. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. And Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Two two things I want in my Halloween movie. <laughs> um, Is that it? I think that's it. Ten movies. Yeah, it. ten movies and we're on an hour 37. Are we going to have to skip over again? I believe so. Ooh. There we uh, go. Yeah. Making bad habits of it. Yep. yep. So... It's a special um, time of the year. It's it is. It's warranted to skip. Well, to we'll skip that. check it out. We actually had a really we, good. We promise we still mean to do it. Yeah. 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 It's not. We haven't nixed it from the show. So. Right. Right. Uh, right. Um, and it's, and it's fun. We'll do an extended potpourri at some point. We actually, I came up with a pretty fun idea for an extended potpourri. So stay tuned for that. I'm just trying to stall. I'm still trying to stall because I'm trying to find my yeah, up. Sheet. I got a turtle head poking. Me too. <laughs> oh, so now you have to... Well, hey, it's been two hours. <laughs> That's true. All right. <clears throat> I don't know why. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Please, please come to Sharktober in Irvington if you're listening to this in the, in the Indianapolis area. You can find all the information on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer or um, find the event page on, on Facebook. Just type in Shocktober in Irvington. I think we're the only ones that have something called that. Um, and thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP is called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and Eclipse of Events. So if you want to hear music from the show without us, without our voices, you know, check them out. Uh, also, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, and please like our aforementioned Facebook page at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. Again, Shocktober in Irvington. It's coming up. It's going to be such a blast. Um, we're giving away uh, – we're raffling off um, uh, gift cards to Irvington area businesses. Uh, we're giving away a complete DVD set of t- the entire Tales from the Crypt uh, TV series. Uh, as well as signed a signed Blu-ray of The Walking Dead and a signed DVD of Sharknado if you need a coaster, um, <laughs> and just a bunch of stuff, a bunch of DVDs. I think I might throw in my old uh, Walking Dead comics, uh, just a bunch of stuff. So come and and all the money is going to um, the Irvington area, which is a great community um, in Indianapolis. 
Also follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me. I'm Matt. And uh, you can find me at, at Obsessive Viewer. Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny. And Mike is at I am Mike White. You can also check out the blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where I'm trying to post more Sharktober stuff, but I'm a little bogged down. Um, I did just recently release a, uh, or post a uh, adaptations and remakes for Gone Girl, uh, which I like the book and I like the movie. And check out my thoughts there at ObsessiveViewer.com. Also, as always, check out our sister site the at obsessivebooknerd.com. It's for book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading and, uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff there. Uh, I just finished uh, reviewing every trade paperback of The Walking Dead <laughs> in anticipation for the Season 5 premiere next weekend. So check that out. Um, it's a lot of words. Um <laughs> And then also check out Tiny Side Project at the Secular Perspective. It's a podcast dedicated to the thoughtful and and intellectual debate between um, religion and and secularism in the world today, and how they interact and and kind of meld together and and separate and all that. Um, you can find that at thesecularperspective.com. And finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics, you can email us. Uh, email the podcast directly at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or email each of us individually at matt at obsessiveviewer.com, tiny at obsessiveviewer.com, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com. And again, Shocktober and Irvington, come to it. Please. It's going to be awesome. And we also. Yeah, it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. And we also just got word that we're going to be having a panel and a booth at Starbase Indie in November. Uh, details on that will be forthcoming. Uh, but Shocktober and Irvington, be there. Yep. It's going to be uh, fun. And also, watch Halloween movies. Tell us what you think. I want to see if any of you guys have theories. Please let us know. Yes. Also, and I know this is going to sound like a joke, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Transformers Part 4 comes out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday. Please, 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 if you listen to this episode, tell everyone you know not to buy it. We need <laughs> to put an end to this franchise and stop Michael Bay. We Please, really do. I, I am completely serious. Tell everyone you know not to buy it. Please. Yes. This is awkward. Yes. And then tweet us with their reactions. Yeah. yeah. This is awkward. Why? Why? Did you buy it, Tiny? I already bought it. Did you seriously? No. I was going to say. Oh, Jesus. Dude. <laughs> I, Jesus. I did watch it, though. Yeah. Uh, so did I. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> I stopped All right, after two. I'm out of here. Thank you for listening, guys. All right, thanks Thank for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. And, oh, what kind of microphone do you have, Mike? Rafone. <laughs> A blue spark. Uh, what kind of cable is it and stuff? <laughs> Sorry, Tiny. I don't know why that's funny. No, because I said... I said... <laughs> Said, what kind of microphone do you have, Mike? Raphone? <laughs> and Tiny's laughing way harder than anyone ever should at that. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, me. Um, <laughs>